If you are there, shout hallelujah. Reduce it. Amen. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. And verse 3, Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. This morning, by God's special grace, the topic we're going to be discussing is what I call the adventures of God's mercy. Amen. The adventures of what? God's, God's mercy. mercy. And essentially, it's a study center centered upon that Psalm 136. Because when you look at Psalm 136, you are all very familiar with that uh, Psalm. From the beginning to the end, it tells us of things that God did by virtue of his mercy. Because he is a merciful God. The adventures of God's mercy. Brethren, the question we want to ask ourselves is, what is mercy? What is mercy? We are all familiar with grace, right? And we say grace is what? Unmerited favor. The only drawback in grace, that is, before you come to ask God for grace, is simply the fact that we were born sinners. So you don't need to do anything wrong for you to need grace. Amen? Amen. Because just like David observed, he said, in sin did my mother conceive me. In iniquity was I born. We are all born sinners. And there is no way we can, uh, I mean, uh, come before the throne of grace without experiencing that grace of God. But mercy is a little bit different. What is mercy? Mercy is that which makes you to receive something that you ought to have forfeited by virtue of your previous actions or deeds. Mercy is what? That which makes you to receive something you ought to have forfeited. In other words, you've done something. And the reward is very simple. You cannot get this. But when you cry for mercy, mercy overlooks that shortcoming. Mercy overlooks the fact that your action has made you to forfeit this provision. And so you receive it. And I pray for someone who is listening to me this morning. You will obtain mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. I say you will obtain mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. Mercy is divine when exercised by God. Mercy is what? 
divine. When exercised by God. But mercy can also be human. As demonstrated by one person to the other. Our emphasis on this study is the mercy of God. Tell somebody the mercy of God. The mercy of God. Like we have always I mean, highlighted in this church, with mercy, you will always receive answers to your petitions. If you find mercy, if you obtain mercy, you can be sure that the answer is certain. And that's why I pray for someone listening to me again. You will obtain mercy today in Jesus' name. Amen. The mercy of God will not be found lacking in your situation in Jesus' name. Amen. This is why, when you look at the scriptures, in Exodus 25 verse 22, Exodus 25 verse 22, a very important point was highlighted in that passage. Exodus 25 verse 22, he said, And there I will meet with thee, I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims, which are upon the ark of the testimony. Of all things which I will give thee any commandment unto the children of Israel. It's so important. Because, brethren, when the children of Israel were communing with God, God met them at the mercy seat. And as children of God today, he still relates with us as where the mercy seat. And that's why the mercy seat of God is well protected. Look, he said, from above the mercy seat, from between where? The two cherubims. When we do a study on cherubims, you find out that there are angels that are very protective in nature. They are fierce angels. They are warrior angels. They protect the secret things of God. God meets with his people from above the mercy seat. And as we have come before the throne of grace today, as we have come before the throne of mercy today, we will meet, he will meet with us on his mercy seat in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing I want us to take note about when we are talking about the adventures of mercy is that God's divine mercy endures. God's mercy does what? It endures. It endures. Verse 1 of the passage where it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. If you find mercy with God, it's not a temporal thing. It's not one that is here for now and it disappears. So long as, when you go astray, you are able to run back to him like, 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 like David did. So long as, when it looks like you have veered off from the path he has established for you, you run back to him and say, Lord, you are my maker. You alone do I have. If you don't have mercy upon me, no man will. But if you have mercy upon me, I know it is well with me. And I speak to somebody's life here today, it is well with you in Jesus' name. Amen. I say it is well with you in Jesus' name. Amen. David is a very good example of enduring mercy. David started off as a man. After God's heart. When God called him, when God invited him, the Bible says in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, when he had removed him, talking about Saul, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after what? After my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Acts 13, 22. I have found in David. The son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, he shall fulfill all my will. David started well. I pray for someone listening to me. You will not only start well, you will finish well. Amen. 
Oh, there are thorns along the road. There are challenges along the road. But you will finish well in the name of Jesus. Amen. David started well. He was a man after God's own heart. He worshipped God. He praised God. In the wilderness, when nobody saw him, when even his father had forgotten he was a useful uh, vessel there, apart from just keeping his flock, God saw him. I said, that is the boy after my own heart. God chose him. God will see you. God will choose you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, God was talking about uh, Jacob. He said, I found him in the wilderness. I found him in the howling wilderness. He was alone. I found him. I called him. I equipped him. Wherever you are today, I pray for you. God will find you. Amen. I say God will find you. Amen. So David, God found David to be the man after his own heart. However, in the matter of Uriah, David went astray. He killed Uriah. He took Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. He committed adultery with her even while Uriah was, was still alive. What was why he killed her? He sinned against God. And God was angry with him. I pray for you. God will not be angry with you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have done anything that has incurred the wrath and anger of God, God will have mercy and forgive you today in Jesus' name. Amen. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 9 to 10, when Nathan came to David, he said, Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with a sword, and has taken his wife to be your wife, and you've slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Let's go to the next verse. Let's go to the next verse, verse 10. Look at it. Look at the verdict. The judgment I was pronounced upon David. He said, Now therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me, and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. That was the judgment. Upon the man that God found to be after his heart. However, David did not stop there. That's the issue with many of us. When judgment comes, we don't humble ourselves and ask for mercy. David did not stop there. When David asked for mercy, God forgave him. If there be any sin, any iniquity, whatever it is that is hindering you receiving from God this, this, this period, the Lord will forgive you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a period of mercy. It's a season of mercy. Receive that mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. In Second Samuel chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. Verses 13 and 14. The Bible says, David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also has put away your sin. Thou shalt not die. I speak unto somebody's life here today. I say, Thou shalt not die. Amen. Whatever it is that is a threat, Whatever is making you afraid, I have the word of God for you this day. I said, thou shall not die. Amen. The psalmist said, I shall live. He said, I shall not die, but I shall live to do what? To declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. I speak unto somebody's life again here today. I said, thou shall not die Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Psalm 51, Psalm 51, verses 1 to 4, we see where David came before the Lord and began to plead for mercy. And began to plead for mercy. He said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. 
For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Verse 4. Against thee and thee only have I sinned. I've done this evil in thy sight. That thou might be justified when thou speakest and declare when thou judgest. Brethren, you see, David killed Uriah. David took Bathsheba for wife. Bathsheba had a child that David was, was, was very happy with. And the Lord said, because you have given occasion for the enemies of God, enemies of God to blaspheme, he said, that boy shall die. David fasted for seven days. On the seventh day, God waited for him to atone for his sin for seven days. On the seventh day, what happened? The boy died. But God forgave David because he asked for mercy. You only need to contrast the actions of David with the actions of Brother Saul. Brother Saul was more interested in other things. At no point were we told that he came and asked God for mercy. Whatever your situation, whatever your state, whatever your lack, whatever the undesirable in your life, if you will come to God and ask for mercy today, he will answer you in Jesus' name. As a result of his cry for mercy, God had David and gave him an everlasting covenant, which operates up to this day. David sinned. He fell short of divine expectation. But he had the decency and the sense and the reasonableness to go back to God and ask for mercy. We're looking at the adventures of God's mercy. In Psalm 89 verse 20, Psalm 89 verse 20, Psalm 89 verse 20, God was now speaking of David towards the end of his life. He said, I have found David my servant. With my holy oil, with my holy oil, rather, have I anointed him. Now look at verse 28. Look at verse 28 of Psalm 89. He said, my mercy will I keep for him forevermore, and my covenant shall stand fast with him. This was a man that committed adultery, lied against uh, Uriah, orchestrated his death, took Uriah's wife, cleaned his mouth, impregnated her, kept her in his house for one year, and thought nobody knew. But God knew. And brethren, God still knows. Testimony, God knows. But because he repented, because he came before the Lord and said, have mercy upon me. David, God spoke concerning him towards the end of his life. He said, I will keep my mercy for you forevermore. And my covenant will stand fast with him. No wonder. Years later, hundreds of years, maybe even thousands, over a thousand years, when Jesus came, and Bartimaeus was going to ask for mercy, what did he say? He said, Jesus, thou son of David, do what? Have mercy on me. He had a precedent. He knew David was noted for pleading for the mercy of God. And he connected with that grace. Did he receive mercy or not? He received it. In this period of mercy, brethren, if you will key in to the grace of Jesus of Nazareth, the grace, that, the grace of that covenant that was established with David, you will obtain mercy in Jesus' name. Number two, his mercy does wonders. His mercy does what? His mercy does wonders. 
His mercy does wonder. In that Psalm 136, verse 4. Psalm 136, verse 4. It says, To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. His mercy does wonders. When you look at the scriptures, brethren, you'll find out that his wonders were relevant to bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt to the promised land. Israel had given up. Maybe you are in this position that Israel was at that point in time. Israel, they, they, they were no longer praying. The Bible says they were sighing. They were sighing. Because of bondage and oppression. But the mercy of God wrought wonders in Egypt and brought them out. I speak to somebody's life here today. The mercy of God will find you. The mercy of God will wrought wonders in your life. The mercy of God will pull you out of anything that will not glorify the name of the living God. And you will be a testimony in Jesus' name. You will testify in the name of Jesus. In Exodus chapter 2, Exodus chapter 2, verse 23 to verse 25. Exodus 2, 23 to 25. Exodus 2, 23. The Bible says, it came to pass in the presence of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried. Maybe you've been crying. Your season of joy has come. Amen. Remember what the Bible says? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. They cried to the Lord. And the Bible says, their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. You know, you have two choices. You can cry to God by reason of the bondage. And say, well, at least thank God we're able to eat. But God has better plans for you beyond that. You can sit down and say, hey, well, no problem. Yes, it's true, there's bondage, Joe. But at least, uh, uh, in fact, you can even say, thank God I'm not even in Nigeria. But that is not enough. Tell somebody that is not enough. God has better plan for you. If he has brought you here, he has brought you here for his glory. It's not enough to say, ah, you know, I even thank God. I'm outside uh, Nigeria. No, 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 no. There are men in that country that are doing glorious things for God. There are men in that country that God is doing glorious things in their lives. If you are in a situation where you are oppressed, you are under bondage, cry to God, either in Nigeria, in Ethiopia, in Cameroon, in, uh, in, in, uh, in Jamaica, or in Canada. Wherever you are, God is still God. He had the groanings of the children of Israel in Egypt. And he remembered his covenant with Abraham. All he needs to do for you and I is remember the covenant he had with who? With Jesus. The covenant of the blood that was shed upon the cross of Calvary. The Bible says God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. Whatever it is you have gone through, whatever it is you are going through, God will look upon you today and he will have respect unto you. God will look upon you today and he will appreciate your situation in Jesus' name. And then God began to do those wonders. Wonders. If you go to Exodus chapter 11, Exodus 11 verses 9 and 10, Exodus 11 verses 9 and 10, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Wonders. What, I believe it's uh, Romans chapter 9, where the Bible says, for this cause, maybe verse 9, 17 or so, for this reason, 
did God raise up Pharaoh? That he might demonstrate his work. That he might demonstrate his work. He wanted to show his wonders. He wanted to show that no human activity can hinder the power of God. No human activity can hinder the move of God. And I'm telling someone listening to me today, no human activity, no human action can hinder God's plan and purpose for your life in Jesus' name. The Bible makes us understand. In Job chapter 9 verse 10, Job chapter 9 verse 10, that he does wonders without number. He does wonders without what? So, he will not say, eh, I've done one, now that is enough. No. No. He does wonder. There is no limitation to our God's mercy. That's why the Bible says, his mercies are new, how often? Every morning. Every morning. Yesterday's mercy does not preclude you from receiving today's mercy. Lamentation chapter 3. Lamentation chapter 3, verses 22 to 23. Lamentation 3. Verses 22 to 23. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassion fail not. So it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his mercies fail not. And let's go to the next verse. They are new how often? His mercy, his compassion they are new every morning. But you know the Bible doesn't stop that. He said what? Great is thy faithfulness. Men can be unfaithful. The husbands can be unfaithful. Wives can be unfaithful. But the Bible doesn't just say our God is faithful. The Bible says what? Great is his faithfulness. You will enjoy that great faithfulness in Jesus' name. When you go to Exodus chapter 15 verse 11. Exodus 15 verse 11. You see that Israel praised him. When his wonders led them out of the Red Sea. His wonders are without number. They are without limitation. They are innumerable. In Exodus 15 verse 11. He said, who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee? Glorious in holiness. Fearful in praises. Doing wonders. Th those, those three phrases are worthy of being examined one by one. Glorious in what? In holiness. Fearful in praises. Doing what? No wonder, brethren. When the children of Israel began to shout hallelujah around the wall of Jericho. Uh, they would just go around, go around, go around. They were marching, they were marching. Then the Bible says they shouted. They shouted. We don't know. I don't know what they shouted. But I won't be surprised it was a big hallelujah. Let somebody shout Hallelujah. You want that wall of Jericho to fall down wherever you are? Shout a big hallelujah now. Hallelujah! Why? Because the Bible says he's fearful in what? In praises. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. You praise him your own way. Why is he fearful in praises? Because when you praise him, the host of heaven begin to respond. And every host that is contrary to God's plan and purpose for your life, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. It begins to do wonders. His wonders were demonstrated in the restoration of Nebuchadnezzar. After he had eaten grass like an ox, like the Bible says, for seven good years. In Daniel chapter 4, verses 2 to 3. After he said, he, he narrated his own experience. And he said, 
I thought it good to show you the signs and wonders that the high God has brought towards me. How great are his signs. How mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion is from generation to generation. In Daniel chapter 6, the, 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 the colleagues of Daniel, and many of us, we have colleagues, is that not so? We have colleagues in our place of work. Colleagues that are envious of you, you don't even know. You are there complaining about one thing or the other. They are looking at you and saying, how did he get there? How did she get that? Is it the only one? Is she the only one? We've been here all this while. And yet you are sitting down doing what? Complaining. The colleagues of Daniel, they planned against him. Oh, but the God of wonders. The God who does wonders by, I mean, by his mercy. It came true for him. When you look at Daniel chapter 6, verse 26 to 27. Daniel 6, 26 to 27. I'm going to read just uh, verse 27. Daniel 6, verse 26 to 27. But he said, he delivereth and rescueth. He walketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lion? He delivered Daniel because he's a merciful God. If there are any lions that are contesting with you, he will deliver you from them in Jesus' name. I say, he will deliver you from them in Jesus' name. That is our God. That is our God. I want us to, I mean, uh, I was going to go to the third one. Do we have enough time? Because we are going to pray. Yeah, very briefly. The third point is, his mercy creates. His mercy does what? Creates. Another way to put it is that he is merciful in creation. Merciful in creation. When you go to that Psalm 136, from verse 5 to verse 9, the Bible says, To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. He stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. He made great light, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night. For his mercy endureth forever. When the earth was created, the Bible makes us understand that the earth was formless, void, and covered with darkness. It was formless, was void, was covered with darkness. And brethren, without the intervention of God, many lives are formless. That is, there's no direction. They are void. They have no meaning. They are covered with darkness. In the midst of oppression, Stagnation, no movement, no progress. When there is no divine intervention. But brethren, thank God because God began to move. God began to operate. We don't have time, but Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. God created the heaven and the earth. And we see all those things we described there. But in God's mercy... The first thing he did was he brought light. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, the Bible says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. In his mercy, God brought light. And in our world today, we see the relevance, the importance of light. Not only did God create light to, to, to get rid of darkness, he began to create all the things that mankind will need before he created man on the sixth day. When you have time, you can read uh, Genesis by yourself. I mean, we're all very familiar with it. Even those of us that say we are going to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. 
At least we always read Genesis chapter 1 before we stop. So we are familiar with Genesis chapter 1. He created all the things that mankind will need. On the third day, the Bible says, He said, let the earth brought forth grass, herb, seed, fruit. That's Genesis chapter 1 verse 11 to verse 13. On the fifth day, the waters brought forth. He, he said, let the waters bring forth the moving creatures that had life. But on the fifth day, the day of grace, the day of mercy, not only did the waters bring forth the living creatures that move, that was the first blessing that God released in Genesis chapter 1, verses 20 to 23. On the fifth day, he created the living things that move. Before then, he had created so many living things, like the tree. The tree also has life, but the tree does not move. But when motion came in, when God said, yes, we have overcome stagnation, he began to release blessings. I pray for someone who is listening to me today, receive your blessings in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And of course, we know on the sixth day, the earth brings forth living creatures, cattle, creeping things, beasts of the earth. And then God made man. He made light. He made food. He made beans. He made uh, vegetable soup and all that. He created beef. He created chicken noodles. Everything before he made man. And then he blessed him. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 28 to 31, he blessed him. The wonders, I mean, the, the mercies of God in creation. Today, brethren, his mercy still does creative miracles. Creative miracles. God is still in the business of doing or performing creative miracles. And I pray for someone who is listening to me today. Every creative miracle that you need, receive it in Jesus' name. Every creative miracle to demonstrate the mercy and the power of God in your life, receive it in Jesus' name. In John chapter 9, from verse 1 to verse 7, we see the case of that man that was born blind. And the disciples said, who did sin that this man was born blind? And Jesus said, nobody sinned, but that the name of the Lord may be glorified in him, that the power of the Lord may be manifested in him, that the Lord's glory might shine forth in him. I pray for someone that's listening to this message. God's glory will shine forth in your life. God's power will manifest in your situation. Your testimony will attract others to God. Whatever you are going through, our God in his mercy still creates, and you will enjoy that divine mercy in Jesus' name. This man had no eyes. The Bible says, Jesus took clay, reminiscent of how God created man, rubbed the clay on his eyes, anointed his eyes, and said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. He went, he washed, and he saw. Is that someone that is grappling with blindness, natural and spiritual? Wash and receive your sight in the name of Jesus. I say, wash and receive your sight.